0: Hello everyone. welcome back to the mindful manager podcast. My name is art burns i 'm your host and i 'm here to talk about mindfulness practices and the emotional intelligence that these things can provide for us and specifically the stress reduction that can come through the entire process and and I want to tell you that uh, that no matter what it is you do for a living, even though this is called the mindful manager podcast, the workplace is just one part of our lives and, and this is you know th- this is where i 'm talking about uh, in this podcast and it's, it's specifically today 's episode is going to address our our you know, what we do for a living or, or what we do to occupy our time. Um but but really these practices and the uh, and the benefits that are derived from them can apply to every single aspect of your life. So, um, and, and of course I talk about mindfulness practices and, and I like to mention this, um, you know, very often because, uh, a lot of times, you know, we think about, you know, things like, uh, personal development and, and, um, you know, uh, you know, growth and things like this, you know, we think of it as something that is a, um, you know, like an evolutionary process, I guess you might say that that's something where you know we can read books, we can gain knowledge, and we can grow from that and while that is very true and and it also true is true when it applies to mindfulness, the key with mindfulness is a little bit different okay it's it's really really important that you understand that that simply understanding the concepts of mindfulness and simply grasping the principles of, of what I talk about here is not sufficient to get the benefits that I speak about okay in order to get the benefits that I talk about here on this podcast the 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 mindfulness must be practiced okay now I don't say that to be harsh I don't say that to be a bummer it's just that it's it's there's a reason why they call it mindfulness practice okay because if you don't do it and it's just like you know just like doing anything else that, that you, you you are not good at it at first you want to get better you must practice every you know whether it's every day every few days whatever it is it, it just needs to be a regular practice okay so I like to be very upfront about that because you know and I do the same thing with the people with whom I work, because, you know, again, a lot of times people, you know, we're used to sort of, you know, we go to school, we read books, we take tests, we read more books, we take more tests, we, we have this process of just sort of absorbing information. And then we, you know, we, we become, quote unquote, experts in a subject. And then we try to apply that to a field, right? like So, so you study, you know, economics for, for several years, and you become uh, somebody in, in a business role of, of you know, finance or, or accounting or, or something like that, right? And so, but but this is more like, you know, the, the mindfulness practices that we're talking about is more like learning how to play a musical instrument, right? Like you have to start very basic and you have to practice every day to, to develop the skills to do it, okay? And that's the good news, right? That this is not stuff that is sort of uh, an innate talent for anyone, right? It is a skill that is developed. And even though we all start at different places based on our childhood and based on on our, uh, experiences, you know, it's a skill that we can all build. Okay. And that's a really good news. As I say, like, it's not like, you know, like I'm more mindful than you just because of the way my makeup is, you know, it doesn't work like that. Okay. It's, it's, you can become just as mindful as anyone else as the, as a, as a Buddhist monk, if you want to, right. It's just, it, it just requires a, a dedication to practice. And the really good news is that the, the, the qual the level of, of mindfulness and, and emotional, intelligence and and stress reduction that i talk about does not require the level of practice of a buddhist monk okay now the more you practice the the stronger the, these things become and the and the you know the more powerful these things will be in your life but but really just you know you're talking about you know a few minutes a day right you're not talking about hours and hours and hours of grueling practice okay we're talking about just a few you know maybe 10 to 15 to 20 minutes a day of formal practice. And then and then weaving the informal practices that we talk about in this podcast into the rest of the things that you already do so that you just kind of are, you know, you, you become, it, it, practice becomes a part of your life, but an effortless part of your life. And so this is also the really good news that I don't want people to think like, oh my gosh, this guy's saying I have to do all this practice. I am too busy. I got too much going on we all have too much going on and we're all very, very busy. And so, but, but anybody can, you know, if you can fit in, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day of, of actual formal practice, then that's all you really need to worry about because the rest of it is not going to add anything onto what you're doing. It's actually going to make the things that you're doing easier. Okay. Because we're going to be sort of focusing your attention on what you're doing. And in that focusing of the attention that becomes the practice. And, and, and at the same time, we, we, we have less distraction. And so therefore there's less of us, you know, there's less of these thoughts and these worries and these regrets to get through while we're doing the simple things in our lives. So, so that's why I give you both uh, formal and informal practices in this podcast. And on every Wednesday, I give you a formal practice, which is either the instructions of a, of a, of something you're going to sit down and you're going to do, or it's a guided meditation that is, that is recorded for you, right? And you, you simply just have to press play and go ahead and listen and 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 practice along with what I'm saying, right? Um but then in addition to that I, I talk about informal practices uh throughout several of these episodes so that you can you know again add those things into the normal routines of your life, right? And that's the and that's really the key here because you know while the while the formal practice is very, very important the informal practices are what helps really build the mental habits that make this stuff automatic, right, so that you don't have to concentrate, you don't have to remember, you don't have to, you know, make an effort to do things mindfully after a while, right? It becomes just the way that your body wants it to happen, right? And, and that's why we kind of talk about self-awareness as well, because we, we, you know, as we develop self-awareness through these same practices, we can start seeing when our bodies are not doing what we're, what we're practicing, right? We can, we can notice when our bodies are being distracted, our minds are being distracted. And, and when we notice it in its sort of very, very small infantile state, we can then make small changes to bring it back, right? It doesn't become overwhelming. And so these are the keys and, and just understand that all of the, all the practices that I'm giving you here are all working towards this goal, right? So you don't necessarily even have to know <laughs> what it is specifically that's happening with these, Practices as long as you do them you will achieve these results, okay? Just like, just like the, the, the person sitting down to learn how to play piano for the first time does not know the reasons for every single thing that, that they're doing, right? But if they keep doing them, the reasons then present themselves later on and it becomes something that's like, oh, now I get it. Now that's why my teacher was telling me how to do that and, and now I can do this and now I can do that. And then it becomes just like really, um, you know, again, it just becomes kind of automatic, All right. Um, So so today, again, I want to get back into talking a little bit about the workplace today and um, for for a specific reason. Um, It's really important to understand. And again, you know, we've been focusing lately on stress reduction. And this is where my my work has been taking me because, you know, really. You know, even though I like to focus also on emotional intelligence and a lot of people will separate these two things, but I think they're very, very combined, you know, because the more emotionally intelligent we can be, right? The more self-awareness we have, the more um, uh, self-regulation we have, the more uh, empathy we have, the more we understand our motivations and the more social skills we have. You know, if we develop all five of those things, then naturally our stress will become a little bit less, right? Because Again, the stress response of our body is, is a reaction to something that we feel threatens our well being, right? And so, if our social skills are stre- strengthened, then we're not threatened in social situations. If we understand our motivation, we're not threatened by, by like what's, you know, the, the overwhelm of what's going on in our day to day life. When, we, when our empathy is, is strengthened, we have a, a, an ability to get outside of ourselves and, and understand that, that the other people in our lives are are under the same level of threat as we are and so therefore we feel less you know frightened as well as we develop our self uh, regulation you know we then have power we have we have more resources to handle this transaction of the stress response and of course getting back to it when we have higher levels of self awareness we can understand when our body is starting to feel this stress and we can remind ourselves that this this stress that we're feeling is not based on a on a, a cheetah that's going to jump out and try to eat us but really it's based on th- thoughts that we're having and we have full control over those thoughts. So so it's it's really very combined these two ideas, right? And um, and so but but the fact of the matter is that stress is the thing that's really dangerous. Okay? Now emotional intelligence is very very helpful. Okay it's helpful in our work it's helpful in our relationships it's helpful in our our ability to just feel good and, and have a sense of well-being and happiness it's important to the quality of our life right But stress is almost like looking at one of those old number lines, right? And zero is where stress begins. And and stress is on the negative side of the number line. And, And the problem is that stress is very, very damaging. And it's very, very... Harmful to our health, okay, in in the sense that it can literally shorten our lives, and so it's really really important to to understand stress and to practice these these uh, the you know to, to to work on these practices of mindfulness, which can help us to reduce the stress, right? And um, and so so what I want to talk about today is risk factors, okay? Now risk factors get a little tricky because you you know you you kind of you don't want to make it like a self fulfilling prophecy, right? But by the same token to understand your stress, your your you know your your risk factor towards stress you know, just like, just like if somebody who's, um, who's very overweight, right? Like they, they have certain health risks right now. And, and, and it's not necessarily that everybody has control over their weight either. Like there's, there's factors involved that, that are very complex. So it's not as simple as saying, well, just lose weight and you won't, you won't have to worry about it. You know, for, for a lot of people, it's just not that simple, you know? And so, but, but at the same time, those people need to sort of compensate by making sure that they get regular checkups from their doctor. And then, and their doctor, knowing that their, their weight is what it is, they're going to be looking at certain things very carefully, right? They're going to be looking at the cardiovascular system, right? Because there's there's more chance of, you know, congestive heart issues that are going to happen. They're going to be looking at diabetes, right? And blood sugar regulation, because, you know, that is something else that is often, a, a, you know, a, a byproduct of, of overweight and, and obesity, right? And so this is just one, one example. Or for, for instance, somebody who's smoked for many years, right? Like their doctor is going to keep a very close eye on their lungs because the chances of them developing a lung cancer are very much higher than someone who never smoked a cigarette in their life, right? And So, so, it's, so, so understanding our risk factors, you know, while, while we don't want to say like, oh, well, if I don't have those risk factors, then I, I'll never get lung cancer because that's not true either, right? And, and we also don't want to think like, like, oh my gosh, I'm automatically going to get these diseases based on my behavior because that's not true either, right? But but to understand the risk factors at least allows us to, you know, to sort of apply uh, a, a sensible, you know, sort of caution and a sensible uh, investigation and examination to, to look for the things that might arise from what we're talking about. And I believe the same thing applies to stress, okay, that, that there are certain things, Especially in the workplace, there are certain occupations that that there's a plethora of data that show us that 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 certain areas of occupation are are much more likely to to uh, to produce the stress response in the individual than others. Right. So again, it doesn't mean that every single person in one of these roles is going to be struggling with a stress, you know, with chronic stress. But it also doesn't mean that if you're not one of these individuals that you're not uh, struggling with with chronic stress right but the the thing that it does mean is that over the course of a a, a large sort of wide you know sampling that that science and data has shown us that that this is very very likely. If you are in this area, that in this cross section of of society, if you will, that then you are more, you know, percept or, or uh, susceptible to to stress, right? And so. So let's, I want to just kind of talk about that so that you can, and this is where self-awareness comes in, right? Because, because if you, if you are in one of these risk groups, then, then your ability to develop self-awareness or, or the priority for you to develop self-awareness is very much higher because through the self-awareness, you can examine to see if this stress is really affecting you on a, on a way that, you know, in a way that's, that's, you know, disproportionate and, and possibly very, very harmful. All right. And so, so it, the the broad spectrum definition of of people who are going to be you know more susceptible to stress right are, are people who have an occupation that, that kind of include a couple of key ingredients okay It's people who have, uh, you know, a a high level of, of, you know, responsibility towards the, you know, to to deliver some sort of level of quality, right, but yet have little control over that process or that product that, that, you know, that would be judged as either high quality or low quality. OK, so so let me give you a few examples. And this is certainly not a uh, an exclusive, completely comprehensive list, but it's going to be it's going to give you a wide range of, of kind of, um, you know, uh, positions and, and occupations that are going to fall into into the definition that I'm talking about. Um, so, so the first thing that comes to mind is is salespeople in a in a long term, you know, in, in the kind of sales that that's that's dependent on relationships over the long term with certain clients right and this this is the business that i used to be in when i was a very very stressed out individual okay i i was i had extremely high blood pressure i was very overweight i was extremely unhappy i was always angry i was always uh very you know hairline trigger to to like you know losing my crap like and and really being triggered all the time right and and the thing that that my position So so what I was responsible for was I was responsible for for maintaining long-term relationships with clients who were buying uh, printing and pre-press services in the advertising community, okay? And so so I was responsible to those people for their satisfaction of the work that was produced, right? But here's the thing. I had zero (laughs) influence or control over the people who were actually doing the work. Okay so so let me give you an example right so so every job has a schedule right like that was very very big in the advertising business right deadlines were deadlines for a reason and you couldn't just blow them off right so so you had to be on schedule you also had to be on budget and so um so let's say in the course of a job you know we're we're 2 days late in in our schedule right and and it's starting to become uh you know a crisis that if we don't catch up we're going to be in trouble right and um and so and if you miss a deadline you know it could literally mean hundreds Hundreds of thousands, if not sometimes millions of dollars, right? So, so this is like really, really important stuff. Uh, it's not just somebody like somebody's day getting you know messed up. It's like it could cost mega bucks. So. So, so you're running a little bit late, a couple days, three, four days late on a, on a job, and and you need to get caught up, right? And so I would go in in the morning, and I'd have you know the the proof that was due to show to the client that day, right, which was already a couple days late. You know, I'd look at it, and it's and it's not right, right? There's no like I, you know, it's just not right. This is not going to even do any good to bring this to the client, right? And so. You know, so so I you know, but but then the shop, you know, the the people who are producing the the work would tell me, well, too bad. We can't do it today. You know, we've got too much work in the shop. We can't handle to redo this work today. I'm sorry it's wrong, but it's the best we can do. So so that put me in the position where, okay, I I can't get anything better out of the, the facility that actually produces this thing. But then, when I turn around and tell the client that, the client just says, "Well, I don't care. We're four days late. It's going to cost me my job." What you know, and, and so, so there was this squeeze that I was in, right? Like I couldn't control the the process to to make this thing better, but yet I felt the damage of the client, and so. So I hope that makes sense to you. Now, other examples, right, and that's my own example, but other examples of of what I'm talking about would be things like, you know, people in a middle management position, right, where you're responsible for the performance of people who are your reports, right, who are people, you know, beneath you in the corporate structure, right? but you don't have the power to to really change you know large scale you know processes or or make capital investments to to you know to to get new sort of um you know whether it's new machines or new you know new uh computer networks or whatever right in order to to make the process better right so again you don't have control over the process or the product but you have great you know accountability for the quality of that product that you don't have control over or those people that you don't have control over another great example is it workers Okay, again, IT workers are the ones who are responsible to make sure the network works. Right. And if the network goes down, the IT person is the person who's on the grill. Right. However, the IT person doesn't have the power to upgrade servers and upgrade networks. Right. Like somebody way up on the on the totem pole has to do that. And that's based on profit and loss and stuff that the the IT worker has no, you know, no involvement in. Right. So, again, he's she or he is responsible for the process performance of a network that they have no control over, you know, they have no power to to upgrade or to fix or or any control over how it actually performs. All they can do is put out fires and and do the best they can with what they've got, you know. Um, Another classic example is restaurant servers, okay, and then these poor people are, they, they might be the worst of all actually, right, because a restaurant server has no control over how the kitchen prepares the food that has been ordered, right? Like it, the server can do everything completely correctly. You know, she, she could, she or he could have written down the order properly. She or he, he could have, <laughs> pardon me, described the order properly to the uh, to the customer. Um, <laughs> they could have followed every single process to the t right? But if the cook overcooks the steak, right, the, the server has no control over that, right? The server is not standing there cooking the food. So if the food comes out cooked improperly and the customer is dissatisfied, then the the restaurant server suffers because he or she will not get the same level of tip that, that, that they otherwise would if the food came out properly. So you see, that's a source of stress. So, so I hope with these examples I'm illustrating to you. And again, by no means is this, you know, a comprehensive and exclusive list, right? Like just because your, your occupation didn't fall in one of these does not mean that you're not feeling this same, uh, uh, factors and, and the same dynamic here. Right. And even, you know, parenting a lot of times is the same kind of thing, right? Like you have little control over, over your kids, you know, daily sort of emotional, uh, you know, level, you know, levels and, and emotional status, right? But yet you're responsible to keep, to, 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 you know, sort of keep these kids, you know, occupied and happy and, and everything else. But, but, you know, again, without the control over everything, there's so many different variables that go into being a parent that you have no control over. And yet you're at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to suffer if your children are not happy and, and, you know, content. Right. And so again, I'm just saying that, uh, just adding that one more in to say that it's not any, you know, this is not like only these positions that are going to be susceptible to this. But I'm giving you these examples so that maybe you can examine your own life and and where you fit in your occupation and and see if maybe this applies to you. Like, are you in a position where you have a lot of responsibility and, and a lot of accountability, but very little control over that thing that is going to be judged in that accountability? And if you are... Then I want you to be very, very careful and really, you know, know that just like someone who is, you know, a former smoker, you are at risk for, for developing, you know, uh, you know, this, this condition of stress. You, you have an elevated risk. And so the, and now that's not meant to scare you, right? That's not meant to tell you like, oh, you know, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, you, there's nothing you can do about it. It's to tell you that that you should really make a priority of of self-awareness because only through self-awareness can you see what is happening in your body. And if the stress is in fact, having that kind of toll on you as a result of this position that you have or, or whatever it is that you're doing in your life. Right. Um, you know, and so, and, and this can also apply to things like socioeconomic factors, right? Like, like you know, people who live in, in you know, in a sort of low income, you know, uh, areas with high crime rates, right? They are also in a similar position, right? Whereas, you know, they don't have control over the over the dangers that they face, you know, walking home every day, right? Uh, like a teenage kid, you know, could, could very well see some great violence happening any given day. Right, and, and he or she has no control over that. And yet he or she has the responsibility to themselves to, to you know to try to stay alive and, and be happy. Right? So so even on that level, this same process could be or the same principle could be applied. And so I'm just giving you this as you know, again, and this is not me just sort of postulating this, right? This is this has been shown through through many different studies and data that has been derived from that these studies that, that show that this is true, right? And in, in fact, there was a a really large study done in the um i think it's called downing street in london right which is this huge building with all the civil service of of all of london right is in this one building and they and they attract people in this, in this building that those people who are on the, the higher levels of the, you know, of the management chain, right. <laughs> they very rarely got sick. They were generally very happy people. They were, um, you know, content, they were peaceful. They had very little stress in their lives. The people in the middle, right. And then the people at the lower end, you know, they, they were fine too, because they didn't have the levels of responsibility. They just have this one job they got to do. They do their job. They go home. They, you know, they don't really aspire much higher than that. And, and it just kind of, you know, they didn't have a lot of stress level either, but the people in the middle, these people were constantly, they, they had like three times the amount of sick days. They had, um, you know, depression issues. They had anxiety issues. They had, you know, all the telltale signs of stress, every single one. And, and so again, this is not something where it's just sort of my ideas here. This is the you know, well, well-founded, uh, you know, documented uh, information based on on lots of research and uh, and data derived from that research. So uh, again, I hope this is helpful for you all. And um, And if you would like to learn more about this, or if you'd like to get into a conversation and maybe examine, you know, how your life does apply to this. Maybe you're thinking, well, maybe I am at risk. Maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I should find out more. Well, go ahead. And ask the question. Okay. And I'd be happy to get into a conversation with you. Uh, but really the bottom line is what I want you to understand <clears throat> is that if you can focus on this self-awareness that we build, okay, do the, do the body scan meditation, right? Do the, um, you know, like really work on that kind of, you know, the body scan particularly, right? Because that is the one that, that really heightens our self-awareness, especially the body scan for, for, I think it's called for self-awareness. <laughs> and, um, the, the reason for this is that as we examine what's happening in our bodies, right. And we examine the feelings that are, are produced with inside our bodies, then we, we have a heightened sense of what, you know, we, it's again, it's just like practicing. It's like, just like practicing skin scan- on a guitar or on a piano. Eventually you you understand how these things work, right? And and by, by practicing the body scan, by looking inside of your body over and over and over again, you will develop the skill to see the minor changes in your body. And you will be able to see that yes, I am feeling stress. I am feeling my my heart rate go feels like it's fast. My breathing is short. My my you know I feel very tense. I feel very you know very anxious or, 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 you know, just jittery or, or whatever, however it's manifesting for you. And, and by, by practicing that, you know, over and over and over again, you are going to see it more and more clearly. And the more clearly you can see it, the more easily it is to, to sort of understand how to then, you know, do the things like like the, the basic breathing exercises and, the, and the, you know, and being present with the activities that you're doing, right, is going to help to, to minimize that thought process. That creates the stress for you, right? Because again, that's what it comes from. It's all about what's happening between your ears, you know? And um, and so yeah, so I hope that's helpful for y'all. Um, I'm really happy to share this. And if you have any questions or if you want to sort of, you know, in you know, delve into a conversation about this, all you gotta do is reach out and get a hold of me. Okay, and you can do that one of two ways. You can send me an email at art at artburnscoaching.com. I've gotten a few emails over the last few days, and I'm just so delighted to get them. Or you can go on my website, artburnscoaching.com, right there along the top. And this is just for now. I'm about to make a really cool announcement in the next few days that we're, my wife, my wonderful, amazing wife, has revamped our website. And it's looking so awesome. But uh, but for now, just right there on the front page, you can go to a, a tab on the top that says Virtual Cup of Tea. Click that, follow two or three steps of instructions, and we'll be set with a, a date. And we can... Uh, we can sit down for a virtual cup of tea where there's no, um, there's no obligation, there's no sales, there's no money, there's nothing except two people just having a conversation. All right. So I would love to hear from you. I'd love to book that cup of tea with you or trade emails back and forth. Either way, I'm happy to be here to help. So, uh, so if you need the help, please reach out and ask for it. And otherwise, other than that, I hope you all have a great day. Uh, today's Friday. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and uh, I hope everything's good in your life and I wish you well. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.